KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The last couple of years have truly been unprecedented times for local food banks as they have had to deal with levels of need that have just skyrocketed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The level of need is still quite high. And of course, this is the holiday season, another challenging time. So we wanted to check in with one group that's been working hard to make a difference. We caught up with Vince Scavoni. He is the CEO of Caring for Friends. They do great, important work in the greater Philadelphia area. Give a listen. So to start, what is Caring for Friends all about? Kind of give me the, the mission statement here, what the, what your organization does. Uh, great. Thanks, uh, Matt. Caring for Friends is a volunteer organization, an independent food bank in greater Philadelphia that provides food and friendship uh, to homebound, seniors, disabled, and veterans, as well as uh, the homeless and uh, families and kids in need. We work with 300, about 300 different food cupboards across the region and many uh, corporate and community partners. You say you provide food and friendship. Uh, I mean, I think most people can understand the, the idea of the food, the friendship. What What is that all about? How do you provide friendship for folks? Yeah, so we were uh, founded 48 years ago by this nice Italian lady, Rita Scavoni, my mom. And the idea was very simple, that no one should be hungry or alone in a world of caring people. So uh, the mission has always been not just to deliver food to homebound seniors, but to visit with them, to include a little note to them, to call them occasionally and provide uh, for the loneliness factor, which is just as bad as the food issue in many people's lives. Uh, The isolated homebound particularly uh, are the seniors today with COVID are living alone in a very closed and fearful environment. So the friendship, we believe, is just as important as the food that we provide. I've talked with other food banks, other food pantries over the last couple of years, and I'm just curious if you can kind of expound what the last, you know, 20 months have been like for your organization, the challenges you've faced, uh, how you've had to adjust your game plan from the world of the pre-pandemic. Just kind of kind of give us a look into that window. Yeah, it's been very interesting uh, and very uh, difficult and also very exciting. Pre-pandemic, we were distributing about 400,000 pounds of food a year. Uh, When the pandemic hit, uh, we went up to a million pounds a month instantly and up to two million pounds a month. And we're back down now to about a million pounds a month. And that's phenomenal. The volunteers have changed. And uh, while uh, a lot of companies and organizations closed due to COVID, we found that people showed up. We lost a lot of our senior volunteer base that stopped volunteering. We lost a bit of our, uh, our faith-based organizations when they were closed. Uh, but, you know, mom was right about caring people. People showed up. And uh, came on Saturdays and Sundays, and uh, uh, we did a lot that got done. What changed during the pandemic in the last 20 months, uh, I kind of see it in in three phases. First of all, a lot of people needed food. 
they were out of jobs. Uh, the seniors could not travel as much. Uh, kids were home and more people could not work. And the demand went through the roof. Uh, during the peak of it in 2020, the government stepped in with uh, Farm the Family program, as an example. And uh, we were doing mass distributions all over five counties. It brought us new partners willing to serve and to open up. And uh, although the pandemic is still very real, a lot of the food has dropped off from the government supply. But the need hasn't, particularly in the more needy areas of our five counties of Philadelphia. Uh, when you think of all the businesses that are still not open in Center City, all the support people who work for them and earn their livings off of them, those jobs aren't there. Uh, and so we're still not back from the pandemic. In fact, we're probably experiencing another, another wave or at least another wave of people uh, not traveling as much, being a little more fee fearful as we don't know what this latest variant is. So our, we went from a normal to a obscenely high to now just a very high uh, level of demand and need in uh, the five counties of Philadelphia. The seniors, more, most particularly, are impacted worse uh, because they are still the most at-risk population. And uh, they, they can't get out or shouldn't get out or fearful to get out. And by the way, in, good in normal times, seniors often have to choose between food, paying for medicine, electricity, and rent. Well, inflation that we talk about and complain, complain about a little bit now is really impacting the senior population on fixed income. And they have to do, they have less to do what they were trying to do before. I'm curious how the pandemic affected the friendship angle in a world where social distance was pleaded for, if not demanded. Uh, how did that change the calculus of, of how you provide companionship, uh, friendship, uh, a listening ear to, to people? Yes, our one-to-one -one deliveries to people, uh, we, we work several ways, one-to-one -one and one-to-many, uh, just to keep up with the volume. Our volume of seniors we helped went up tenfold. So we couldn't match one-to-one -one visitors with them immediately. Uh, we increased uh, what we did with them with notes and telephone calls. So we have volunteers who check in on them. Uh, many of the people who have visited seniors once people need our food, uh, it's often going to be for the rest of their life because they are not mobile. They're not able to get around. They're not able to cook. So those relationships are tight. People are almost adopted and become part of the family. So as with most people, they visited the family. Sometimes it meant bringing the box to the front door and standing six feet away and talking through the porch door. Uh, but it was even more important to have some human connection to a very isolated group. Uh, last year at Thanksgiving, and again this year, we made thousands of meals, Thanksgiving meals, and delivered them to the seniors because family could visit or call and they could be with each other. So, you know, we brought Thanksgiving to uh, thousands of seniors and actually tens of thousands of seniors. We did a 10,000 uh, Thanksgiving meal project. Uh, for seniors in Bucks County and Philadelphia, Chester and Delaware County. How does need fluctuate during the holiday season? Is this a, a spike time? Is it 
maybe less food, more friendships needed. If, if you understand what I'm saying, like how does the calculus change for the holiday season? So there's uh, three groups we serve for the homebound seniors and disabled. It doesn't change because they're very isolated and we're really their lifeline. Uh, what does change is uh, some volunteers have vacation, et cetera. So we have to scramble more and need more volunteers to be able to, to deliver our normal to the homebound seniors. Uh, to the homeless, you know, a lot of people care and volunteer at Thanksgiving, but in the worst parts of the city, uh, the homeless, uh, it's a really bad time because homelessness is also a mental health issue and they're very isolated. And as we all know, it's hard to be alone during the holidays. Uh, so we we brought Thanksgiving uh, to the streets of Kensington, uh, delivering 500 hot Thanksgiving meals and soups and sandwiches uh, to people in their tents. We had volunteers who were willing to do that. Uh, for families and kids in need through our food cupboards, what changes is there's a lot of donations. There's a lot of volunteers. People, it's really beautiful how caring people are. We get many turkeys donated from people like Acme. Uh, we get a lot of people willing to serve, uh, but the people who are in need of food, uh, you know, they can't afford a turkey, as we know, costed more. So it's a little different. We're trying to bring something special at Turkey and Christmas because it's highlighted, uh, you know, it, it's even more sensitive to what people don't have. Uh, versus what they what we all have and sometimes take for granted. Logistics wise, just kind of purely from an operational standpoint, uh, are there things you had to shift on the fly during the pandemic that you kind of look at and go, you know what, this is actually a better model. Uh, this is something we would not have done if we didn't have to, but uh, this is going to stick around. Well, Matt, there were a couple things. Working backward from the need, we had to figure out how to go from, you know, 40,000 pounds of food a month to over a million pounds. So we built, uh, since we can't build cold storage in that amount of time or refrigerated, we brought in with the help of actually Teamsters, uh, 10 refrigerated tractor trailers and frozen tractor trailers, which will enable us to deal with a mix of not just shelf stable food but fresh food and frozen food and uh we increase the number of trucks we have and our ability to accept tractor trailer loads and truck loads worth of frozen food which is protein what people need most uh in a very rapid pace uh we've uh changed what happens in our warehouses where we've added automation uh and think of it racks to the ceiling that enable us to bring in and move out more food efficiently. But what was amazing is we stayed pretty stable because we're a volunteer organization. A lot of our volunteers change, but the pandemic brought out the best in people. We've had new volunteers show up. When we were doing 40,000 pounds of food a month, we had about 20 employees, six part-time. Uh, today, we have about 24 employees, six part-time. But we have an army of volunteers that not only help us in our warehouse, they cook in our kitchen. Our caring kitchen is a very uh, enjoyable corporate and individual volunteer activity, and they deliver food for us. It's brought out the best of people, and they showed up. 
The world is full of caring people uh, who show up at the worst of times to take care of, uh, you know, uh, their fellow citizens. It is a city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. If I had a meeting with you in, say, September of 2019, and I asked you, would you be able to ramp up capability basically overnight from the 40,000 to a million? Would you have thought it possible in a non-pandemic, non-disastrous way? I guess kind of the oh, no, way would... to come at this is the 30,000 foot. Do you ever take a step back and are amazed at what you guys were able to do on the fly? You know, Matt, it, a- absolutely. Uh, and it's a, if you look at a 360 view, we would never plan to grow that much. It would be insane. It's out of control. It's so many things could break and go wrong, but the need was there and we felt we had to meet it and the opportunity was there, uh, but so many things had to happen and people had to step up to give us some donations and funds to buy some more trucks, which we had to find a way to source, you know, uh, very quickly and at a reasonable price. Uh, we had to uh, find a way to put in cold storage instantly and get volunteers to deliver all the food. And they showed up. And the other aspect is industry showed up from the food industry, donating tractor trailer loads of food, uh, donating truckloads of food. Uh, it was uh, nothing you could plan on or believe you could do, uh, but the community came together and did it. We like to say at Caring for Friends, we're one large caring community, uh, volunteers and companies that care and organizations that care. We would not have imagined that, that we'd be giving out with the sheriff of Philadelphia or the city uh, or the mayor of Chester, Pennsylvania, or different organizations that we didn't even know exist. When the need hit, people just came to us and said, can you help us? And we just were determined to find a way. Our small team of staff and our large team of volunteers, you know, uh, moved heaven and earth to meet the need. And it is amazing. And by the way, since we're on, I would like to thank every single volunteer, every company that stood up for us and and the people in the city, uh, because uh, that's what made it happen. People cared. In some ways, we are more efficient than government that way. To your point of, of government, I'm curious. You mentioned a lot of the plans that we saw early in the pandemic. Uh, a lot of them have gone away. We have seen like that expanded child tax credit, stuff like that, that has maintained at least uh, to this point. Do you get the feel from the people that you help, the discussions you have, uh, the impact that some of these these programs have had on them? Have they been helpful as much as press releases would lead us to believe? Well, Matt, during the pandemic, everything the city did, the government did, the counties did was helpful. Uh, If you look at it as as a mosaic matrix, they did things that worked within their system, which sometimes can be a little governmental. Uh, What we tried to focus on was filling the gap. Uh, The child tax credits and increased SNAP benefits is wonderful if you're on SNAP if you can deal with it, right? The food available for pickups, great, if you can pick it up. One of the things that differentiates us uh, is that we really like to work with our grassroots community partners in the community in a lot of different models. Uh, It could be a church that's small, 
that is only open Tuesdays, but the people in that two block area really need that church to be their food cover. Or it could be an organization like the Men of Strawberry Mansion that, you know, uh, went out on the corner in front of their building every single week. And they still do it today to take care of the community. It wasn't food was not part of their mission. And now it's a permanent part of their mission. And it's been beautiful. We even had a, a, one of my favorite stories is the Nile Swim Club in Yaden, the oldest African-American swim club in the country. Uh, when COVID hit, they decided they had a parking lot. They had a lot of people. Could we help them give out food to the community? And we literally, all during Farm to Family, gave out a tractor trailer load of food. Every Saturday, rains or snow, and it was still very cold at 7 a.m. Uh, for their community. So a lot of new organizations stood up or changed their model. Existing organizations showed up. And the small grassroots uh, community partners, food cupboards that have been there for generations, did whatever they had to do to get the, you know, to help people in their community. It's a beautiful thing. And my final point, people hear this, uh, want to help. What can they do? Where should they go? Who should they contact to try to make a difference? Uh, thank you for asking that. Uh, we live on three things. We live on volunteers, first and foremost. We need people to get involved in their community, uh, with their local food cupboard, with us. And we operate in all five uh, communities so volunteering and, and caring for each other is the number one thing we, we need. Number two, uh, we need food. Hold a food drive. One of the things we do, although we really focus on food, we're having a canned goods drive and we're adding uh, coats, blankets, and socks uh, drive. And we need organizations to stand up our boxes and help us collect uh, and be prepared for winter. And the third thing we need is uh, to give. Uh, we are literally the easy button uh, for organizations that donate food, people that donate money, but most importantly for the organizations that give it out directly to the people. And what we need is uh, financial donations for our trucks, our diesel. Uh, you know, diesel has gone up like gas everywhere. It, it, it's hurt. Uh, we put in 10 tractor trailers of refrigeration. Some still run on diesel. So uh, it's always three things, you know, uh, care, provide food, uh, volunteer, be active because you are the solution and uh, give what you can to us so we can help uh, serve more people in our community. And is there a website or number you want to uh, funnel people uh, to? People who want to volunteer or give or arrange for a virtual food drive or an in-person food drive or coat drive would visit caringforfriends.org or call 215-464-2224. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.